1: Life.com.
0: Now, my advice to people who like this kind of
1: service is... And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. I really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two Blokes Talking Tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice.
0: Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. And thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. Two Blokes Talking Tech, episode 173. Thanks to the good people at Netgear. Netgear.com.au. We'll tell you more about them shortly. And, of course... The show is literally powered by Netgear because we both have Netgear routers. That's what's connecting us here today. The other bloke talking tech, Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. G'day, mates. Good evening,
1: Trevor. Yes, uh, this FaceTime is a great solution. We've had, uh, it was a pretty good result last week, I think, and hopefully will be the same this week. And uh, if you've got, we, we do honestly
0: welcome your feedback on the, on the quality of the line because we do, we, we get together as often as we can, but we also, you know, live separate lives. Um, some PR companies should realise that we are. Different and yes, separate we individuals. Not, we're not joined at the hip. Um, yes. And so, News, you know, Stephen's in his uh, his office, I'm in mine, and uh, we're connected through the wonders of FaceTime because we, we we thought it was a better quality last week than Skype. So lots to talk about this week on Two Blokes Talking Tech. Now, I thought this was... Um, this is a good story because I've been wondering about it since, um, well, since my last trip overseas, which was in Europe, and I flew a British Airways flight uh, London to Sweden, and I was able to keep my headphones on, have my phone in flight mode, and listen to music from while I walked on the plane to when I walked off the plane. I didn't have to turn it off. Uh, the device off as we took off and as we landed which as we all know happens every time you fly so this week in fact uh, yesterday Qantas and Virgin both um, uh, freed up the skies for travellers to listen to music play games watch movies on their um, small portable devices under a kilogram after a a, a civil aviation safety authority approval and you know what mate it's not a big deal but it's a great thing for travellers
1: yeah, I think so. And and it's it's about time we caught up to some of the American airlines that were already doing this. This yep. has been in place for some time it, when you fly domestically, especially in the US. But uh, it, it's, it's about time that they have come to realise that this is part of life now. And look, the, the, these devices aren't going to do any harm to uh, the instruments, although the, the rule is you do have to have your device in flight mode. So you have to turn the cellular radio off uh, so obviously you can't connect to the internet while you're on the plane. Well, there's no network to connect to anyway. But um, that is one thing. And, and as you said, a, over a kilo, so that rules all your laptops out. I think from a safety aspect, having a laptop flying around during takeoff or landing is not really a good idea. No. But, uh, you know, the it, it is annoying though when in the past you like, oh, I might be reading a, a, something or playing an app on my iPad or reading a book on my Kindle or something like that. And the uh, flight attendant says, look, you need to put that away. Uh, there really is no harm in having it a Kindle, out. But I'm glad especially. that this now has come to pass.
0: You know, a Kindle. You're sitting there. It's an it's an e-ink, so it only has an electrical charge occurring when you t- when you turn the page. So such an obvious thing. The other one that's interest- interesting to me, and I must admit, I failed to follow up on with Virgin on this, but you know, Virgin and Qantas both have in-flight Wi-Fi, not for internet, but for uh, entertainment. So if you've got the Virgin mm-hmm. app. On your device, your own device, you can connect to their network on the plane and get their um, movies and music and stuff via your device. Now, I'm wondering if you can turn on airplane mode and then enable Wi-Fi early or whether you still have to wait until we're up in the air to do that. That's that's probably the only thing I haven't
1: clarified. Yeah, well, does, I don't think does why, Wi-Fi won't work in, in flight mode, will it? Yes, it does. You can you can it be. In... still works in flight mode. Yeah, okay, you can be so... in flight mode. It's well, like Bluetooth. It's a very interesting thing. You can. There's no reason then why you shouldn't be able to do it from the get go. I think you should be able to enjoy your content straight away. There right. are some airlines that allow you to. You know the uh, on-demand entertainment systems can be hmm. viewed straight away, even before you're you're taking off. That's right, and and that's, so what, that's... even when you're taxiing, you can start a, a a movie before you've even taken off. Yeah, and
0: and given that they're moving away from there being an inbuilt screen in the back of the seat, and you bring your own device, like Virgin have. Uh, you know, you you're you're losing out on a bit of in-flight entertainment if you still can't use that ten or fifteen minutes. So, yeah. I might check on that one. But uh, yeah, and no, I've just done it on my
1: phone, enabled airplane mode, and then turned on Wi-Fi. and Wi-Fi was yeah. okay. Okay, cool. Yeah. But um, no, I I think look, it's it's a it's a great time, great great move, and all the other airlines will follow in Australia as well. So, um, having not having to stop playing um your apps or reading your books and things like that, which is how we're consuming our content nowadays or watching your video, whatever you might have on your iPad or your iPhone hmm. or other smartphone or tablet. Uh, it's good to see that the uh, aviation industry is really coming to the 21st century and allowed this to happen.
0: And as a uh, jet setter like yourself, mate, you're about to head off on a few
1: flights. Um, wouldn't yep. be, wouldn't be bad to see it happen internationally as well? Absolutely, yeah. I think that uh, that there are already some like the use of devices mid air, like uh, I mean, like accessing content mid air. Uh, there's, there's, I've used Wi-Fi on. Oh on some yeah, flights. absolutely. Uh, but being able to have that on an international flight, wow, that would be uh, that would be pretty cool. Uh, being able to maybe check emails, send emails, things like that. Although some passengers may think, well, this is the only place on yeah. earth where I don't have to do that, so maybe that's something they don't want to do. Uh, I. That is the upside for many people that they're they not connected to networks and not having to, to reply yeah. to emails. That's their little little sanctuary. No,
0: there's definitely a couple of airlines that do in-flight internet internationally. I think um, Etihad and Singapore do it. So you can you can be checking your emails and doing all that, tweeting from the air as you go. Yeah. Um, but it would be silly if you could do that and then not do it at takeoff and landing. So interesting That's as good. we slowly evolve to have uh, the, the laws and regulations catch up with the technology that exists in this uh, world today. But if you're flying... Domestically, with Qantas or Virgin, you'll be happy to know the headphones can stay on um, and they will ask you to pay attention still to the uh, in-flight uh, safety announcement, but uh, you can listen to your own music and enjoy gate to gate, as they say.
1: Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Well, the iPhone uh, in the news again, but for different reasons this time. Apple about to kick off an iPhone 5 battery replacement program. Now, how many times have people called you on the radio and me on the radio and said, my battery runs out too quickly, uh, and a lot of people whinging that their their device doesn't uh, last the day. Many of them are iPhone users. Well, Apple have come out and admitted that there may be a small percentage of iPhone 5s that were sold between September 2012 which is around the time when the iPhone 5 was launched, and January 2013, that may have a faulty battery. Mm. So uh, the, for those who are affected, of course, the first symptom is that your battery runs out really fast. Uh, you can check, if you do own an iPhone 5, check in your settings and you can check your serial number. And I've created a link on my story on Tech Guide or you want to go through to the Apple site itself. You can uh, then see if your device is eligible for a free Battery replacement. I'm uh, nervously going to do this
0: for my wife's phone because she does suffer from a battery problem uh, very much as described. You know, drains very quickly. But here's an interesting thing. And I, I'm, I'm going to question the Apple store when it happens, if, if it is a matching serial number. Because um, I took the phone in for a battery replacement or a battery check. And they did confirm that, uh, this was several months ago, that they would replace the battery. But because we had in the interim, uh, you know, at some point in the life of the phone, we had replaced the screen with a non-genuine Apple screen, apparently. I don't remember doing that. But oh. um, they would no longer replace the battery under under warranty. Oh. So what I'm curious about now is if the serial number matches and therefore the battery is faulty, whether they'll still replace it for me under this program. So I'll be checking well, they that should. out. They should when you think about I it. I think so
1: too. If, if the battery is faulty uh, regardless of the screen, if the That's battery right. is faulty, it's faulty, so That's it should right. be replaced
0: regardless. Yes. Well, this may be one of those moments where... Um, where I, you know, become that annoying customer who gets a red flag against his name. But What do you mean,
1: become that annoying customer? Oh, <laughs> no, it's very
0: true. I have been that guy. I'm sorry to all the uh, professionals and uh, retail staff I've done that to in many, over many years. I've, I've tamed as I've got said, older. Can
1: I ask, mate? Have you ever said, do you know who you're talking to? Have you ever said that? Never. Never. Oh, okay. That's, that's but good. but to be clear I've
0: that. never been recognized either so it doesn't really you know it's not <laughs> well, like anyone's good, ever but... gone you know what's going on here in fact I... you know um we, the only time that that I had an interesting occasion with Apple and and this is a very you know um in journalistic thing but you know yeah. we get we get review devices and I had a review device and it it was a phone, uh, and it was it was dead. It was it was struggling on me, and I, I urgently, like, I had work to do, things to do, and I was at Newton Chatwood. I went to the Apple Store to get it replaced or fixed or looked at, and they typed in all the details. and When when they type in you in the details of the phone, it tells them a lot about the phone, where uh-huh. it was sold, how it was obtained, and it basically came up with this big kind of empty slate. It, it had no reference, and I said, look. It's not a phone that I purchased through Apple Store. It's a review unit currently. And so it was amazing to me that their back end systems are are intensely linked to every part of the yeah. transactional database you know it's a good thing that they know so much about the history of your devices the history of what you've done with your devices so that they can really oh, help yeah. you diagnose They're geniuses they've got very well that's, why, they, that's why it's called
1: the genius bar yeah but uh it, they have some pretty pretty heavy duty diagnostic tools i've been there a couple of times for various kids of mine who've had traumas with their phone or need screens replaced and things like that but I have to say that the reaction to this story, though that there was a possibility that you get your battery replaced, mate, this has been probably one of the most click stories on my site for years. Yeah. This story, but there were so many people who responded to it, obviously because they they are either themselves or know someone who didn't, who who has a battery issues. Uh, so, you know, I think they're gonna Apple are gonna have a stampede of people. Who are going to try and have their batteries replaced? Yeah. Once this, uh, this I think it goes live on the 29th, I, I, which I think, is
0: this week. I think what's interesting is is that there'll be some disappointment because there's other people whose, um, whose phones are struggling because of the way they use them. You know, people who don't realise that all those things you do on your phone actually use the battery up, and they'll mm. be disappointed that their phone is not eligible, and they'll be they'll still be you know moaning about Apple phones being crap on battery, but in the end. The phones are very good on battery if you use them properly, but if you absolutely you, mate, it's absolutely. you know for, the, for example, if I'm out of the office for four hours and I'm you know in transit, like if you're on a train for an hour one way, you're at a, at a at a meeting or something where you might be flicking through your phone, whatever it might be, and then you're on it on the train again for another hour, mate, you can burn through fifty percent of your battery very quickly because you're on four G, you're you're watching videos, you're, you're downloading data all the time. That's the stuff that kills it,
1: and it and it well, burns that's the through. problem, isn't it? That's the thing. People have to remember that we've never got our hands off this thing. No, we're always using it. The mm. phone, I'm talking about. Okay, That's here. Right. So <laughs> <laughs> we're always using it. Like you, you'd be, you would have tweet, you would have sent fifteen tweets on your train journey by already by that time. buddy oath. And you would have, you know, some people would obviously use the camera to take photos. Uh, they're looking up the web, they're checking Facebook, they're look using Google Maps. So it's no wonder people have to understand. Yes. It needs it uses the battery, so little things that we can offer. We've sort of digressed a little bit here, but little things like turning off Wi-Fi, turn off your Bluetooth. These are the little one percenters that can really help make your battery last even longer. Yeah,
0: and you've done stories on this before, so it's worth searching Tech Guide for battery tips. But the two I'll give, because we have digressed, but it's worthwhile doing, is screen brightness. Just turn it down twenty percent, and it will make a big difference to your battery. And secondly, four G. 3G, 4G, doesn't matter. Mobile data. When you are using mobile data, you are using every function and feature of the phone, radios and all that kind of stuff. They are the things that use battery. So the less data you use, the less battery you use. Yeah. And so you I'll need chuck to- in
1: a couple more. Turn off your automatic app updating. Make it that where you decide when your apps are updated as mm. well. Uh, and also, I think I've mentioned Wi-Fi. I've mentioned Bluetooth. Also, background updates on your, on your apps as well. So if you don't want them to be updated in the background, uh, turn that off as well. Yep. Simple
0: stuff that can help you with the batteries, but importantly, if you've got an iPhone 5, uh, go to Stephen's website, check out the iPhone battery replacement store and follow the link to Apple. You can type in your serial number and you can find out whether you're eligible for the iPhone 5 uh, battery replacement program that uh, that Apple are currently undergoing in, uh, in their retail stores. Now, I've heard of smart devices, but um, Netgear, good people that bring you uh, two blokes talking tech, have some serious smarts in the uh, Netgear Nighthawk X6 router. This is a tri-band router. And what's amazing is for de- for um, devices that are connecting to the two upper bands, which is basically 5 gigahertz, but it's, it's an amazing Wi-Fi technology, what this system does is it actually intelligently allocates your devices across those two networks. So it appears as one network on your phone, but it intelligently switches them depending on the speed of the devices so that you get the ultimate speed, the optimum performance from your router and from your network. The uh, the network you have is only as good as the worst device on the network. So you don't want your um, smart TV, streaming movies and music and whatnot um, being held back by a really poor old Android or iPad or tablet or something that doesn't have the speed that you need your network so check it out uh the netgear nighthawk x6 is a stunning product Um, i was walking through a bingley store today saw it sitting there on the retail shelf so it's uh, easy to find you can't miss it Uh, check it out at netgear.com.au well it's finally here Stephen. this is the most exciting story of the week in (laughs) fact possibly the year and if you don't have within I don't know, a couple of weeks, uh, some serious video footage coming, then I don't know what we've got in store, because Ziggy and Zaggy can now be officially harnessed up. GoPro have released a GoPro uh, harness for dogs called Fetch. What a great name, which allows you to strap not one, but two GoPro cameras, if you like, to your dog. One of them sits on the back, uh, and you can make that kind of look forward over their head, and the other one sits kind of on their chest, just under their neck, uh, it's a f- it's a great product. Eighty nine dollars coming mid September. Ziggy and Zaggy, mate. Hello.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I I actually I got to admit I I did try to uh, customize an existing GoPro uh, yeah mount that I had, but didn't quite didn't quite fit. But now that these are out, and the good thing is that they can, they're adjustable so they can fit small dogs and large dogs like Ziggy and Logan. Uh, so, yeah, this is, this is going to be very interesting. I'm going to have to uh, capture some Dalmatian view footage here. Uh, you know, you, you think of where we've had our GoPros. Like we strap them on our bodies, on our heads, on our chests, our boards, bikes, in the car. Now we can get them on our dogs. It was only a matter of time. Down at the beach, mate. All the dog lovers who want to give the pooch view, the the pooch point of view, uh, this is the uh, the product to
0: buy. It'll be great to see um, footage from, you know, you think about your dogs. They they run around like crazy when they're down at the beach or wherever you're taking them for a walk. You know, my only concern is stabilisation. We need to make sure that people learn how to do image stabilisation because there's got to be a lot of shaking and moving going on watching a video like that, don't you reckon?
1: Absolutely. Imagine uh, the GoPro strapped to the, the either top or bottom, and they're, they're, they're you know how the dogs shake themselves after they've been wet <laughs> or in the brain or something like that. That's going to be going to be pretty shaky. But uh, look, I, I'm keen. I'm keen to try this out on uh, Ziggy and Logan and Ziggy Zaggy, as you like to call them. Uh, little little Logan's actually been a bit crook lately, so this oh, hopefully will fella. cheer him up. Having a camera strapped to his uh, to his to his back or his chest. But, um, no, he spent a couple of days in hospital, little Logan, but he's, he's feeling a lot better now.
0: All right. Glad to hear he's okay. Maybe you should uh, strap uh, strap a camera on, get some footage, and then when they're lying in front of the TV at night, they can just watch back their day. They can reminisce <laughs> on what was a great day uh, with, with Mr. Mister Dad, Stephen Fennec, there running around on the beach. So the GoPro Fetch is what it's called. It'll be out mid-September, 89 bucks, and I've got it up at eftm.com.au. au.
1: You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Well, when you're talking about the future of 4G, uh, many people mention the 700 megahertz spectrum. Now, this is a band that is now being used for let's just say the evolu- the next evolution of 4G now that more people are on the 4G network uh the demands of the network are, are now being stretched to the limit so having this new low this low band 700 megahertz spectrum is being now tested out by Telstra they've got more than anyone else uh more spectrum than other carriers and we're talking Optus and Vodafone are also playing in this space as well. But they are kicking off some testing here in Sydney, as well as in Adelaide. They've already started some in Western Australia, uh, some parts of Queensland. So they're talking, and this is Telstra's claim, that this is the, the future of 4G technology. And the good news of that is that Once they do flick the switch, there's already a range of smartphones that are compatible with 700 uh, megahertz, including the Galaxy S5, the HTC One M8 and the LG G3. So unlike the days when NextG, the switch was flicked on uh, on NextG back in, I think it was 2006 uh, there weren't many phones in the market that would suit the 850 megahertz spectrum. Now uh, that's that's the uh, the opposite. There's already there's already devices there. Uh, so the good news for Telstra and 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 Optus customers down the track, we're going to get a much sturdier four G network. Yeah, and I think the
0: the important thing here is this is uh, critical for Telstra um, to ensure that they can provide both capacity and speed. Now Vodafone have argued for some time they've got a, a better 4G network in terms of capacity and speed, they've got 20 um, me- uh, 20 megahertz of contiguous spectrum. That's what they're using for their 4G, and it does give you much higher speeds. This, what this will do, is this will bump Telstra up to those speeds for sure, and probably past it. So we'll, we'll be talking 100 easy, 150 potential, and I've seen it. Uh, it's 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 um, it's very very possible. And so those phones, when you're buying a phone, if speed is important to you, you must. Inquire about seven hundred megahertz. Can it operate on the seven hundred spectrum? Because if you buy a phone now and next year's Telstra's seven hundred meg four g is available, you're going to miss out, and you want that compatibility mm. because it's going I think to be they, mind
1: blowing. You you will see, yeah, absolutely. You, you you will see. I'd say I'd say even the new iPhone when it comes out next month it will have probably be seven hundred megahertz compatible as well. Mm. It it is it is a fairly. Uh, other a lot of other networks around the world are also using this this spectrum as well so it's it's the, the reason it's it's so exciting is apart from offering the faster data speeds and that wider bandwidth to handle more people on the network it can also the signals travel further as well so that means less base stations for 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 networks so you get wider coverage with less base stations that was the big thing with next g when it first landed back in in 2006 was that it had this this range now the 700 megahertz spectrum offers even further range and, and reaches further into buildings and shopping centers so you get a much more consistent signal uh, across the board. I'm sure there's some few dead spots people can recognize in, in shopping centers and in buildings that, uh, that have been of trouble in the past. But now with 700 megahertz, that's not that's all going to go away. And, and just a bit of nerdiness, um, Vodafone's <laughs> big
0: 4G operates at the 1800 megahertz and they've got that 20 megahertz of con- contiguous spectrum that, as you say, the lower the frequency, so going down to 700 for Telstra and Optus, the better the building penetration. So that that's a very good thing for, for cities, obviously. And if you're wondering why they're not just launching it, it's because analog TV is what used to use the 700 megahertz spectrum. And now that analog's been switched off, um, the last requirement to make that happen is the restack or retune of digital TV, and that's what we've talked about before. It happened in Sydney in March, and it's still happening across the country. Places like Shepparton happened next week, all the way through until October. Um, the restack occurs, so it's not until every part of the country has restacked all of its digital TV down into a into a bunch that the 700 is clear and freed up, ready for this um, for this network. That's why they're doing
1: spectrum testing, and that's why it'll be available. December and onwards, so... Yeah, absolutely, yeah, they're talking, I think Telstra is talking, uh, wider release in January next year, yeah. and, and of course you've got Optus and Vodafone, uh, nipping at the edges as well, so, uh, expect a lot more 700 megahertz goodness next year.
0: Nerdiness, uh, to the extreme here on Two Blokes Talking Tech. Two
1: Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen
0: Finnick. Now, I don't know if this is a case of solving a problem that didn't exist, but, uh, Instagram created <laughs> Instagram launched a product today called Hyperlapse, which is kind of image stabilization for videos um, that are shot on Instagram. But it's also not only image stabilization, but it's a bit of a time lapse. So you film, you know, a, a minute, and it compresses, you know, by taking out individual frames over that period of time. It uh, it then um, push puts them into into a shorter video, and it has that kind of cool time lapse look look to it. Um, and and importantly, it gives it a bit of stabilization. I'm not. I've not noticed a lot of really bad stabilized videos. There are only thirty seconds anyway. I don't know, mate. I'm just not seeing the 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 the
1: demand for this. But maybe we'll start seeing some really really amazingly cool videos, and we'll understand why soon. I think so. Yeah, it's just going to give people uh, just another option for creativity. I think, and yeah. and to obviously compress. An an event that would like you wouldn't sit and watch a three minute video, but you'd watch it compressed down to fifteen seconds. Mm. So it gives that opportunity to fit a lot more in a shorter space of time. So because it shoots it at um, very slow frame rate, and then it can be sped up. And then when you w- with your controls on the uh, the hyperlapse app. So it does. It does allow people to do to show more in a shorter space of time. So it's basically just speeding up your video. Uh, if you are, if you do position your your device, it's only available, I think, for iPhone at the moment. Coming That's soon right. to Android. If you do say position your device uh, in a, in a stationary position and then film something, and ha- that would be a true time lapse. But it does allow you as well to move. So you could be moving around, driving, or whatever you're doing, riding a bike or on a plane, whatever you're doing. And then it just speeds it up so that you can fit a lot more into that space of time. So it does look like a time-lapse, but then maybe has the runs the risk of maybe turning into a Benny Hill video. Hyperlapse for Instagram, it's
0: available now. It's a, Just so you know, because there is a lot of crappy um, apps in the world, and that including that $1.29 one. It, it's, a, it, it's something Sony Pictures or Sony Entertainment about the logo, I've got to be honest. It's a circle with a red, yellow, green, and blue. But it just reminds me of another logo. But uh, anyway, good luck to them. Uh, Check it out on the App Store, only for iOS at the moment. I'm sure it'll come to Android. Relax, it takes time to develop these things, people.
1: Well, another week and another batch of wireless speakers, and we're going to talk about a couple really quickly right now. The first is from Denon, which is uh, – they're, they're an audio heavyweight, I, I, uh, I hazard to say, but not hazard to say. It's a fact. They've been around for quite a long time, very, uh, very well-respected audio brand. And they've released a new series of speakers called Heos, H-E-O-S, and they're basically the wireless multi-room, let's say it, Sonos-like speakers that are so popular today. Uh, they start at four forty nine, all the way up to eight ninety nine. Three models in the range, and being a Denon, there's a lot of uh, technology under the hood to produce some very impressive audio quality. It does also come with its own app, and you can stream services like Spotify, RDO, TuneIn Radio, Pandora, all the hits, all the popular choices through the Denon speakers. Very nice. This is a huge space. We've talked about it before.
0: There are so many Bluetooth speakers available, it's, it's almost beyond comprehension. But, you know, to see big brands like Denon jumping in, it, it's when you realise that this is now not just a, a gimmick, it's not just this high-end Sonos thing, it's not just this really cheap, crappy Bluetooth
1: speaker thing. This is an important way we're doing audio in our homes, isn't it? Well, it does reflect our behaviour too. I think uh, I was reading this week that digital has overtaken physical for the first time in terms of mu- music downloads. But the way we're consuming digital music is through these streaming services. Now, the Denon is uh, it's a it's a wireless system, so it c- connects on your network. Uh, the Zoom box, which we'll talk about in a second, they're, they're the Bluetooth speakers. But LG, I think, are about to announce their own version of the of the Wi-Fi speakers as well. Samsung had it with their M series their speakers too. So, Pure have also got, I think, the Jongo is their their version yep. of these speakers. So, no shortage. Bose have their sound touch system as well. So, um, obviously, all, all the th- this is a space that there's plenty of room to move. And I think it's a sort of uh, the sort of category where a rising tide lifts all boats, you know what I mean, where all these brands are going to, the, the demand for their products is going to increase because people are now more aware of the capabilities of these speakers. Sure, Sonos led the way. And, and are still, uh, the the benchmark. It's it's like mm. when when the iPod came out, everyone was calling everyone was calling any MP three player an iPod. That's right. I think the Sonos type speaker is sort of what people are going to refer to in this space. But uh, moving on quickly to the Voom box, that's a new brand uh, that's that's been released by devoom which is um, uh, a US brand, and we saw them at the uh, the Christmas in August event uh, a few weeks ago and uh they 've got a nice range, and what I like about them is there's they're all they're weatherproof uh they're rugged and they're affordable uh they've got great sound quality but you can you can pick one up for sixty nine bucks and the top of the line one is only one hundred and thirty nine bucks and produces quite a decent sound can play for twelve hours at the top of the line there one thirty nine the the middle one's ninety nine so a lot of choices good quality and they can go anywhere and um
0: a very cool thing about um one of them the uh the Voombox Travel, which is a rugged, portable wireless speaker, a small thing. Um, easy to carry around with you. So great for hotels when you just want to play your own music. And, uh, but it's also got one of those clasps on it. So you can just clip it onto your bag or or whatever it might be. So there is a bit of innovation in it, but but something, something different. That's, which is one of the key things, got a rubberized base. So it sits nicely on, on the, on the desk or whatever. Actually really nice product. Um, It's a tough market for them to get into retail. So I have to wait and see which retail stores they, they actually list in, but um, a few retailers have got them already, but um, you've listed some of their products from Devoom, D. I V O M the Voombox. Uh, you can check those out at techguide.com.au.
1: Two tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen
0: Well, we should round it out, not talking about apps I haven't downloaded like Hyperlapse. Um, instead, we should talk about products
1: you've reviewed. And you're going to talk about a keyboard, mate. Yes, the Logitech K830 keyboard. It's a keyboard with a difference. Now, it's a very versatile keyboard. It obviously pairs via Bluetooth using a little Bluetooth dongle in the USB port for your PC. So uh, whether it's your desktop, your laptop, it can, uh, they can connect wirelessly. It's also got a little built-in trackpad, so an all-in-one with a full keyboard trackpad on the right-hand side. But what it's really designed for is to be used in the living room with your smart TV. Now, If you're like me and you're frustrated sometimes with the smart TVs, whenever you need to enter text, it is a little bit difficult trying to do that on your remote control, on the virtual keyboard, on the screen. Well, the K830 solves all those problems. You can fit the Bluetooth dongle into the USB port on the back of the TV and allows you then to use not only the trackpad to easily uh, use uh, to navigate your browser and the menu, but you can also use the full keyboard to type in any search terms, passwords, Web addresses. So it's like sitting in front of your computer in the lounge room. And the other the other plus for this product is that it's illuminated. So if you're sitting in a darkened room, the keys, there's a backlight on the keys, so you can see what you're typing, even if you're in the middle of your lounge room in front of your smart TV. The Logitech K eight thirty, price at one twenty nine ninety five. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennig. And made a Bluetooth speakerphone with a very interesting charging difference. That's right, yeah. Well, what's the one thing that people who use their in-car speakerphones, so those little things that clip onto the visor or in various parts of their car, one thing they forget to do is charge it. Mm. And when they get in the car, there's no charge. Well, the had has a solar panel on the back of it, so when it's positioned on your dashboard, it's going to get a lot of sun you can do an express charge with the cable in two hours, but you can top up that charge using the solar panel. It's pretty compact. It's less than 10 centimetres long, eight centimetres wide, has a nice speaker f- facing the driver, of course, so you can hear your calls and the, the caller can hear you. There's a there's one button at the top that uh, it can answer, uh, reject and redial some numbers, but that solar panel on the back is what's going to keep you in play the whole day long. It'll top up your charge and keep you in touch because as we no, it's against the law to hold your phone to your ear while you are driving. So, hands off your phone and hands on the drive. Talk. It's only priced at forty nine ninety five. You can get it through the the website for Silly. I think it's pronounced Silly. S i l i dot Coming soon to retail outlets, but the link is on my tech guide review. Forty nine ninety five for Drive Talk. All right,
0: you can read about most of those things on uh, techguide.com.au or eftm.com.au. You can follow Stephen on Twitter at Stephen Fennick with a PH, and I am on Twitter as well at Trevor Long. Um, Stephen has his own podcast each and every week called the Tech Guide Podcast, which is also at the website, and my podcast, Your Tech Life, is available at my website. And Stephen, there's a million other things we could say, but really, people know us. They know how to say hello. Don't know where Twitter. to find us. Ziggy Zaggy's the hashtag plus uh, whatever you like, <laughs> and uh, we shall be back next
1: week, mate. Talk to you then. Absolutely. See you then, mate. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fenwick.